you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever had a situation where you felt like, man, this is an unfair fight? This person is in a higher position of authority. This person is whatever the accolades or the title, whatever. But this, me compared to this person, if I were to go to war in this arena, this is an unfair fight. That's exactly what I have been experiencing. And I could not wait to get to this phone to talk to you because as you know by now, your girl feels that talking is therapeutic for me, okay? There's no secret that I've been having a very difficult time at this new job venture that I've been, um, yeah, it hasn't been going too well for me. I feel like this is literally the playing field in which God is shaping and doing so many different things in me on a personal level. It's not even adding to me professional. Like real talk, if I measured professional growth to the personal growth that's happening in this field, because I do believe that God sends you out in the field of life and he uses people, a.k.a. sandpaper, to go ahead and reshape some things in you. Sandpaper, you already know, it makes some things smoother or it takes some things off that are in excess and you no longer need it. And so I am very much aware that there is a sandpaper-like substance or person in a higher place of authority at this particular point in my life. What am I talking about, you said? I'm so glad you asked. What a story about a hair go. So I have developed into this person that I like clarity. I like to go ahead and smooth out the bumps and the lumps so that we can have a smoother pavement on our journey together in the future. I'm okay with right now being a little bumpy. I'm not okay with having a bumpy experience with you for the rest of our whatever your title is in my life. I'm just not interested. I'm not interested in a roller coaster. Oh, you in a good mood. You're not in a good mood. I'm not interested. Once I am clear on where you are at in my life, whether you call static or we, if we cannot make that static any clearer, then I don't want to watch the television program, period. Poo, as the young people say. So with that very same vein, I'm having a very difficult time with this higher up at my job. And I mean difficult in the fact that you ever had a difficulty and it irritated you because it didn't have to be difficult? If you're like, bro, just say what you mean and mean what you say. Like you are going to everybody else talking about me, but you won't come to me. And I think that there's a level of realness that intimidates some people. Not that it comes off aggressive. I just think that truth scurries some people away. They don't like it because it's not in them. And that's the word right there. So I was talking to one of my coworkers, uh, you know, just uh, shooting the breeze. And then in between that, we were talk discussing something about work. Said manager walks past us and looks at her watch. She's done this before, but I've put the blind eye there more than one time for this time to be like okay bro like this little subliminal watch thing that you're doing that I guess scared some people in the 1940s they don't do it for me ma okay I'm sorry I didn't roll my eyes at you it was just I was rolling my eyes at the situation at hand so she goes ahead and flashes the the symbolic watch 
I don't even know if it's a watch. It could be a bracelet. Who knows? But that's the that's the motion that she made. You know, like, looking like <clears throat> that kind of thing. Like I was supposed to cross my fingers and 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 sit upright with you know the astute posture because the principal's coming. Man, if you don't breathe, mommy. Okay. So she goes ahead and look, does that motion with the watch, and then utters the following sentence. Oh, y'all must not have no work to do. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, yes, this is the same person I've been talking to you about. The same person that I said on my second day, I asked her a question, and I guess um, it was at the wrong time for her. I don't know how that works, but her sentence to me was, walk away from me. Yes, this is, and I had to check her then on my second day of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the same person. So you, you up to speed with me now on why that, that was a pressure point, the, oh, y'all must not got no work to do in my head. I'm like, but we just had this conversation. Mm, okay. Although some time had passed. It's only been about, from that time that I had the checker from my second day to this conversation now, it's been about two months. So clearly, the first enema didn't take. <laughs> you understand? I wanted that first conversation where I had to check you on my second day to be the enema that makes the whole bowel movement a smoother process for both of us. But clearly it didn't take. So when she made that comment, co-worker and I collectively, almost in a harmonious way, was like actually we were talking about work and to bring this to your attention and this, this, and this. And we went on discussing it. But that didn't sit right with me. So I did what any sane prudent person would do I went to the bathroom and you know how you have to you know I call it my Cuba Gooding moment from boys in the hood you just want to box the air real quick like ooh, like how when you got in trouble when you were younger and you couldn't say it to your you know your parent your guardian whoever raised you but you got in the room and was like and you said you know a little bit of bad word not too much where you have to you know stutter on judgment day because God hears you even if you saying it low so I went in the bathroom and I'm like, who, who are you talking to, bruh? Come on, man. Like, are you sick? And then I felt my deodorant kind of say, <clears throat> like, you don't have another stick inside of your bag. So you may want to preserve me. And I was like, you right. Let me go ahead and just, hmm. So I went ahead and I'm like, yo, let me run a, a lap around the parking lot. Like, literally had to cool down, bruh. Like, literally, because it had me, I'm talking about 180 degrees hot, baked, toasted, broil, if you will. So once I finally got myself together, I'm like, mm, let me call my cousin. <laughs> because, um, yeah, because I just, I need somebody to just help me real quick. And my cousin was like, um, I don't think that you should say something to her. Okay. Um, I was like, no, not in this vein. I'm, I'm getting out, you know, the fart. Okay. So it can come out this way so that when I do speak with her, it's just a breeze. She ain't even going to smell this. I'm just getting out the nasty first with you. You know, this is a rough draft. You understand? She was like, um, but that just may be the way that she is. I'm like, but she's going to have to understand that when it comes to me, there is no talking to me like that. I don't care how she talks to anyone else, but I am not her child. Like, I will go back home, take a carbon copy, CC, BCC, whoever I need to do, of my birth certificate to show her that she's not on there. I did roll my eyes, but it was not at you, I promise. So, a cousin voted against it. I was just like, listen, bro, I can't. Because, again, the first enema didn't take. 
So I'm glad that I didn't say the first thing that came in my head, <laughs> which you need to. Let's talk about that real quick. You need to know your wiring. You need to know if you're the type that you need to go ahead and, and just take a deep breath real quick. Go ahead and orchestrate that in your mind because you may come out and it may not sound like the symphony that you put together in your head. I am that person. Whereas my husband can say something off the fly and it's like, hmm, didn't really give that too much thought. But it comes out like he... I'm talking about like double space essay this situation like if I can only have that gifting but you know what we can only be so great <laughs> you know we can only be so perfect at a time so I was like okay the first thing that I wanted to say was oh since you being slick I'm about to because I'm quick with it Timberlands New York we roast that's how we do so when she went ahead and threw that tennis ball I had my racket already together and I was getting ready to say that maybe we should make it a departmental thing when nobody gets to talk but I'm glad that God went ahead and said, <clears throat> and I was like, no, okay. So what I did say when I came back is it was a perfect opportunity. Nobody else was in the office. She actually was coming out of my office um, looking for something that I guess I left for her or whatever the case may be. And I said, real quick, now that I have you, and I pushed the, the door up, I said, um, just a quick question because you did make a remark um, in regards to, you know, you guys may not have any work to do. And I take my work ethic very seriously. You may not know that about me yet, but I, I do take my work ethic seriously. And so I guess what I'm trying to ask is what is your expectation in regards to me speaking with my coworkers? Right? I thought I did a good job. That was a good sentence, right? Exactly. <laughs> Matter of fact, let's pause. Give me a hand clap of praise. Because let me tell you something, that ain't what she wanted to say. But you know what? Pinky up. <laughs> you understand? Pearls are unclutched. You know, she had, but but that's after sweating, bathroom, doing a lap, making a phone. You know, but listen, if that's what I got to do to get to my greatness, is let me just run my race. You understand? So resume. I say that sentence and I sit back in my chair like, good job. You know how you feel like you did a good job, but you like don't smell because this is a serious situation. Okay, great. And so she she looked up in the air like I almost thought she was going to be teleported. I was like, what is she? You hearing something? Are you being summoned by your leader? Like, I don't, why are you looking up? And, so she looked up. She was like, oh, that was me just fooling with you. Mm -mm. And did the like old people southern tap you on your shoulder like, girl, I was, I was just joking with you. I said, oh, okay, well, I just wanted to be sure um, because, again, you know, I don't, I just wanted to make sure that there was, there's clarity here. Oh, yeah, I don't, mm -mm, I don't have no problem. Oh, okay, cool. Do you know that a week later, same co-worker comes up to me and she's like, I wanted to call you when it first happened, but I didn't want to, you know, I, I felt like I was supposed to hold out, like I felt prompted, like, no, don't tell her now. She said, but when you weren't there, this is the conversation that was had. So she begins to tell me that uh, first her thing was I had went to the back and spoke to the CEO about something that she proposed. All of a sudden she came to this great idea that, hey, I want to switch your job title. And I was like, mm, no, not interested because this particular department is what I'm going to build my career path on. So switching over to something that has nothing to do with that wouldn't really benefit me. Now, if there's a way to merge the two, then I'm game. But if not, then no, there's nothing to discuss. 
that conversation that we had in my office to her going to the back to the CEO, for some reason when she came back to me, she she forgot everything I said and was like, okay, so here's the proposal. You can be in that other department. And she just was focused on the other department. So I was like, oh, okay. She was like, you know, and it's just something to, to consider. I said, no, it's nothing to consider because as I stated, I'm trying to make sure that I'm building. Again, bro, I just told you that my career path is this and you told me to go over here. That doesn't make any sense to me. So because she had a conversation with the CEO, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't misconstrued and I wasn't being highlighted in a way that looked like anything other than truth. Because I'm like, bruh, if she mixed up the conversation that we had just now in my office to five minutes ago and that whole thing came back like, what the? It's like your parents sending you to the store and they wrote down what you should get. Peanut butter, jelly, and some bread. And you came back with coconuts, bananas, and sugar. And it's like, what did you just do? You're in a whole different, you went to produce? None of the things that I just wrote down on this list was produce. That's how I felt with her. So I was like, you know what, just so that I I don't want nobody of that magnitude speaking on my behalf, let me go ahead and just send the CEO um, an email. And so I titled the job offer and I let him know. I said, hey, it came to my attention that I was under consideration for that particular department, but I want to let you know why I declined. I'm declining because my future endeavors will be based upon this career path. But I do appreciate you, you know, considering me all things ahead. And the next conversation that I would like to have in regards to any of those situations is me um, fulfilling my role or increasing in this particular department. And I left it at that, short and sweet, like 142 characters, if that. And then also keeping in mind that this is a document that could easily be forwarded, forwarded to anyone. So, you know, I was smart, you know what I'm saying? Like I was smart about how I did it. And so I'm like, okay. So when he opened that email, he it was like, uh, he, in, he called me on the phone and was like, can you come back to my office? I'm like, sure. So I'll go back there. He said, um, I didn't respond to this email because I don't want to put anything in writing that wasn't the truth. And so I never offered you that other position. She proposed it to me, said manager. She proposed it to me, but I never said that you had it or that it was something that was, you know, getting ready to be a change or two. And I was like, oh, well, that's the way that it was presented to me. So I, I just wanted to go ahead and let be known why I wasn't given that any further consideration and then from that conversation he was like oh you know what are your future endeavors and we just had like a real CEO to employee now that I have you here and we he's so busy let me just kind of like brainstorm and pick your brain a little bit and I was like oh, okay cool and then he was telling me about his daughter and her ventures and I mean real nice and fluffy door open very appropriate nothing undermining nothing underhanded at all resuming back to what co-worker said that she and this manager had a conversation in my absence. She said, well, she said that it got back to her or she found out some type of way that you went back there and talked to him about the job offer. And she didn't say it was a job offer. She said it was a job proposal. And I quote, you know, she really, talking about me, she really wants to future or better her future in this department, and she wants it real bad. So you know anyone who wants something real bad would do anything to get it. Nope, don't react yet. There's more. <laughs> There's more. She also went ahead and said, um, 
You know, it just seems like everything is a problem for her. Like, she's so sensitive. Like, the other day she pulled me aside and was like, you know, what did you mean by the whole, um, y'all don't look like you have any work to do. So, co-worker then said, well, she's not the only person that had a problem with you saying that. She's just the only person that said something to you. Well, I don't really, I, I just, I feel like everything is a problem with her. And then she proceeded to go into another route, but she, before she got disgusting, her disclaimer was, I hope this conversation can stay between you and I. When co-worker told me this, I literally could have made you a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich on my forehead. That's how hot I was getting. So the first thing that I said was, shout out to the co-workers. I said, I said you know, you didn't have to tell me. Um, and I appreciate you being, you know, just making me aware. Because before you go ahead and say, oh, no, because you can't be, because some people be messy like that. No, let me explain something to you. That's the difference between um, security and sloppy. Security says you don't know certain events that are taking place that could possibly be turned into a negative. So let me go ahead and inform you of this. Sloppy is, <laughs> let me tell you some juice that has nothing to do with you that you can't better the situation or add to it. But let me just go ahead and put your ear in this situation and then kind of like do that with everyone. So I'm real aware between security and being sloppy. And this person, in my opinion, was security. And so I said, you know, it's amazing to me, referring to this manager, that people view you through the lens of the clothes that they wear. Meaning, this manager is super gossipy. She's super two-faced. She's underhanded. She's, she, she's vile. There's so many negative things about her, and it's sad because, just let you know what my department is, I'm in HR, and she is the HR manager. And how sad is it to have such a prominent role with such a poisonous seat? How disgusting is it that the person who's supposed to be in charge of employee relations and making your job smoother and making sure that you enjoy your place of work and making sure that you're advocated for accurately how sad is it that that very person is a strife filler that she's a gossip that she cannot walk her wiring doesn't allow her to walk accurately in this position and so I first said, you know, she's only viewing me through that lens because that's the clothes that she wears. You know how a cheat always thinks that somebody's cheating on them? Because you cheat. So you rest assured, oh, this person has to be like me because I'm doing it. Or how somebody who is a pathological liar always thinks that somebody else is lying. It's like, no, sir. That, that's your problem. Why are you looking at everybody else like that's their problem too? And that's because people's first point of reference to other people is themselves that's why you can call someone naive and you're like bruh you are so naive but if you really really looked a little deeper into the person who is naive they're so pure-hearted because they relate to people based upon their heart and so I knew that off back with with the HR manager I was like mm, <laughs> yeah that's a problem but with me there is no clarity unless there is some type of strategic plan 
I don't do what we're not going to do the back. Hey, come on. We're not doing that. What is my goal? What is my plan? I get it. I'm trying to further my my particular future endeavors and my career path and all things HR. And I, I'm, you know, don't let nobody distract you. I get all that. But on a day to day basis, what do I need to do? How do I need to maneuver myself knowing what I know? Because that's wisdom based upon the information that you have. Look at the equation and say, how can I come up with the best answer? And so I went ahead and looked at OG Messy. OG Mess Dizzle. Big Baby Judas. Mm Mm-hmm. So I said, Jesus, you're going to have to show me how you you dealt with knowing that buddy was, he was vile, he was grimy, he was strife, he was greedy, he was all kind of, and he was in your presence, and you didn't even cut off some of his breath, some of his circulation while he was asleep, and you had the power to, and you didn't. So you're going to have to show me how you were able to be so poised in the presence of poison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good right there, too. I ain't going to hold you. I'm probably going to post that later. So I went ahead and went to Matthew 26. You know, I read in the NLT version because anytime that I want to go ahead and try to correlate what's going on in the real world, I do want to go ahead and connect the dots back to my foundation, which I believe wholeheartedly is the Bible. And so I went ahead and I'm like, okay, God, show me how to do this. And he was like, cool, Matthew 26, we're going to start at 14. The header says Judas agrees to betray Jesus. 14. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priest and asked, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. 17. This is the head of the Last Supper. So I'm going to go ahead and jump down because they went ahead and able getting everything together and all of that. And it's cool and great. But I'm going to jump down to let's go to 19. So the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there. 20. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the 12. 21. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. 22. Greatly distressed, each one acts in turn. Am I the one, Lord? Am I the one? Am I the one? Am I the one? Am I the one? 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 Twelve times, right? Twenty-three. He replied, one of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. Twenty-four. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago, but how terrible it would be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Twenty-five. Judas the one who betrayed him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, you have said it. (gasps) Let me tell you something. We're going to break this down to the elemental P. We're going to break this down to the elemental P. Let me tell you something right now. The number one way that Jesus showed me right then and there on how to deal with people who are snake, vile, venom-filled is know your players. When I went back and illustrated the connection between Judas and Jesus, it was never in close proximity. Judas was always on the outskirts looking in on what Jesus was doing. He didn't have him in the inner circle the way that he had Peter, Mark, and Luke. He didn't have him in the inner circle at all. It was like, listen, Mark, 
John, it was, you know, sometime it would switch up on where he was going and how he did it, but his right hand was Peter and he knew. So Jesus knew you are monumental to my future growth, but you cannot be so close to my current status that you cannot be so close to, to me getting to that point, that getting to the point is great, but how I feel as I get there is greater. So what I need to do is make sure that I have believers and people that I can count on it. I, I know, I know that player, so I'm not going to play that card yet. You know the game of spades? You know the top the, the top cards, the diamond, deuce of diamond, deuce of diamond, all that? Yeah, so if I played, and I was the fourth one to go, so let's say let's throw out a proverbial spades game. If somebody threw out mm, a tennis spade, and then someone else threw out, you know, the 11 spade, and then someone else threw out a deuce of diamond, which is the highest, right? If I went ahead and threw out my ace, that doesn't make my ace a bad card. That just made how I played the ace a bad call. You need to know the difference between something being a bad situation and you just not playing that situation out accurately. So I love the fact that Jesus knew bad seed, <laughs> Judas, your heart's not right, you're greedy, you're going to betray, you have this, that, and the third. Every time that someone does something excellent, you're always looking at the money factor. You're, you are the treasurer. You keep stealing from the treasury box. But you know what? I'm going to use your very greed to get me to my future destination. So the number one way that Jesus showed me how to deal with snakes was know your players and know when to play them. Hmm. It's amazing to me that all knowing the all knowing God, Jesus in, in, you know, the word in, in flesh that he had insight whom he had the upper hand on what Jesus, Judas was going to do and who Judas was. And sometimes that can feel unfair where you're like, well, I don't know all the snakes. By the time that I found out that somebody's not their true self or they're not authentic, it's too late. But let me explain something to you. Like I just said, there's a difference between security and being sloppy. God will go ahead and place people around you that their wiring is to make sure that you have an eye where you're not at. You see what I'm saying? And the other thing about that is the fact that Jesus continued to let him Judas operate as the treasurer because he knew one day <laughs> you're going to learn. Okay. Well, you, you're greedy. You're stealing. But you know, one day you're going to steal from the wrong person. One day you're going to make the deal with the wrong type of devil. One day you're going to go ahead and hit the wrong female, sir. One day you're going to go ahead and tell off the wrong man, ma'am. One day you're going to go ahead and steal the wrong car. You're going to break in the wrong house. You're going to do It's going to be one day that greed, if you don't get it together, is going to take you somewhere that it's like, you know what? Ooh, ooh, because spoiler alert. After Judas realized, oh, my gosh, the magnitude of what he did, he tried to give back the 30 pieces of silver. And it was like, nah, B, that's blood on your hands. It wasn't even worth it. But it drove him somewhere that now he don't even want to be. So the second way that God, Jesus showed me how to deal with snakes, don't try to block the path in which they're taking to cruise in your life. 
Because Jesus could have very well said, you know what, Judas, you done. <laughs> Give me the treasurer box, okay? You are no longer the treasurer. You can be the administrative whatever, but I'm not about to have you over the money because, no, that's not how that goes. And then having the foreknowledge of the very thing that you're greedy about now is the very way that you're going to hand me over later. Jesus could have intercepted that. No, 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 no. Let Judas do what Judas came to do. You don't have to go ahead and put any blocks, any parameters, any, no, 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 no. You let them operate in what they're operating in because God's going to turn that particular operation into destruction. Let Judas do what Judas came to do. The third way that Jesus showed me how to deal with a snake is you call them out. Hmm? Yeah, see, that's why I love my Jesus, my Savior. Um, hey, Jesus. Because he wasn't no punk, okay? He ain't never have to throw no hands, not that it's documented. But I think big baby Jesus was about that life, like gang gang, you understand? Um, And, and that's just my opinion. You know, let me have that, okay? That's between me and, me and my Savior, and that's fine. But I do feel like that level of authentic, like, there was no confusion or, you know, it wasn't convoluted on what he was trying to say. He said what he said and he said it. Bro, Matthew 26, 22, actually, let's go ahead and say 23. He replied, one of you who have just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. Hmm? Oh, you can't be confused. I'm sure in my head, Judas was dipping his hand in the bowl as he was doing it and was like, huh? And it was like that, that moment where everybody's looking, it's like, oh, it's his hand. <laughs> oh, boy. Which is why two verses next and 25, it says Judas, the one who betrayed him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, you have said it. I'm ta I feel like Jesus had his face, his lips perched, like, mm, purr. <laughs> And he had the, he did the hand motion on the period, like did the cutthroat, like period. Like, ooh, yeah, what's no mistaken? And that's, but you know what the beauty of that is? That's the only time that I've seen him call Judas out. Mm, catch that. I feel like so many times we are going behind and having conversations with people and trying to clear things up and this, that, and the third, and mm-mm. Like me, for instance, with the HR manager, I wasted my breath having that conversation with her. I wasted my breath. Hey, just want to make sure that this clarity is on. What is your expectation on talking with co Wasted my breath. I wasted my breath sitting her down on the uh, second day of me being there and letting her know, hey, you can't talk. Tell me to walk away from you. That's super disrespectful. It's belittling, and I don't want to be spoken to that way. Wasted my breath. So what Jesus taught me is there's an opportune time to speak to the vile person. There's an opportune time to go ahead and address and confront. And when you confront, when you address, you make it plain, you keep it short, and there is no dialogue. It should sound a lot like, I know exactly who you are. Huh, this and the third? Mm-hmm. And just leaving it alone, or whatever the words is that God put on your heart. But this thing, if, if Jesus would have texted you this, this, this thing wouldn't have been, it would have taken up at least 138 characters in the text message. He would have had a, um, 
an iPhone, it wouldn't have been an Android. So I just want to make sure. I don't know how the Android works, but on iPhones, it tell you how many characters you bought. Oh, okay. Yes, I came for y'all, but have a nice day. You understand? One of you who have just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. Bruh, that's it. It's no confusion. It's not like, mm, let's just say this. Let's just say out of the 12 of y'all, it's one who has an A in your... No, it wasn't. I'm not beating around the bush when it comes to something that needs to be confronted. The one who put his hand in the bowl with me, that's the one who's going to betray me. And then a, a hounded dog speaks, right? So Judas like, Jesus, is that me? You said it. Ooh, how gangster is that? Okay, petty Jesus. I'm talking about okay. But you know what the part that got me upset? Just a verse ahead. A couple of verses ahead in, in 14, still in Matthew 26. That it says, after Judas got the 30 pieces of silver, verse 16 says, from that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. So you know what that showed me? He knew he was in the wrong. Sir, you probably had the 30 pieces of silver in your in your cloth, okay, at, at the Last Supper. And how dare you, once you're called out, you cower. Is it me? Sir, jump up and down. If any pieces of silver come out your pocket... Because Jesus could have done that. Remember when he told Peter, um, go down into that particular fish and, and open his mouth and get get the uh, the coin and give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar? How the heck did Jesus know which fish would come at the opportune time by the time Peter made it down there and what coin would be in the mouth? How did he know that? So for sure, certainly, Jesus could have said, okay, so if you're going to ask that question, jump up and down, and if any coins come out your pocket, then it's you. He didn't even test them. It's almost like a bro, I know that you know that I know that you know you feel me like I'm not gonna play this game with you you're not gonna insult my intelligence by me having a conversation and having to prove something to you that you already know that I already know so let's just know that we both know let's just keep it moving you said it that's what Jesus said to him it's right there in your Bible <laughs> verse 25 and Jesus told him you have said it meaning I ain't got no more holler for you Judas I got nothing else to say to you, sir. And so I went ahead and rewired my perspective. I was like, bruh, it is an unfair fight, but not to my disadvantage. It's an unfair fight that Judas thinks that that 30 pieces of silver was a gain. That Judas thought that having anybody come and, you know, have the clubs and the fire and the chains and all that to come to get Jesus was a win. It's a shame that Judas don't know the very greed and the very vile and the very strife and everything that's negative in you. Everything that you're using is going to be the very death of you, Judas. And so that was the only thing that gave me a calm I was like mm. because I so wanted to go ahead and be like now we about to have another talk and another talk but Jesus was like you talking too much to this lady your Holy Spirit had to go ahead and tell me that like listen you you doing way too much talking and even re reading further down 
when the people did go ahead and see Jesus and they had something to say, oh, they said that you, um, that you said you the son of Jews. I heard that. I mean, cause they would get on in my head. I heard that, um, you was talking about you was the son of God or whatever. Like, would you, because, um, because on word on the street is, and Judah, and, and Jesus just sat there like, okay. Oh, you're not going to say nothing? I don't got to speak about something that I'm certain of. And I don't have to speak about anything that y'all already know. Don't insult my intelligence, B. <laughs> like, and, and that's the hood version. But I feel like, you know, I'm speaking on behalf of Jesus. Don't insult my intelligence. So Holy Spirit was like, stop insulting your intelligence while having such small conversations with small-minded people who, who don't even ha- know the bigger picture ahead. Don't even do that. And so I was like, okay. So God was like, real quick, let me go ahead and, um, because you seem to forgot. Let me go ahead and bring you to Romans 12 real quick. And we're going to read from 18. Since everybody know a little bit of it, but they don't know the whole thing. And I was like, okay. He was like, um, what does 18 say? And I was like, yes, sir. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. He was like, right. I said, oh, you can <laughs> To the extent in which you can live in peace with someone, to the extent that you can go ahead and put some safeguards and boundaries in place, to the extent that you can, you can't force someone to be peaceful with you. If she want to cause strife, let her cause strife, but you won't be the person that continues it. True. Okay. Continue to read. Okay. So we're still in Romans 12. That was 18. Let's go to 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And that's always the type where we get crunk like, hey, it's a party. It's a party. Because when my God come after you, what you going to do? Bad person, bad person. What you going to do? What you going to do when God comes for you? Like, I had to do it. Like, the whole thing, right? Cops. Like, the whole thing. But what we miss is um, verse 20, the, the, the following verse real quick. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. 21, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. That's the big goal. That's the, ah, uh, see, God, I, I wish you would have ended this whole Romans 12 on the you will take the revenge and you'll pay them back. I really wanted to, um... I really wanted to do the bank head bounce and all the, like, you know, whatever. Um, I wanted to dance to that, and I just wanted to close scene. But you was like, this is what I want you to do instead. I want you to do I'm killing with kindness is basically what you just said. Because I'm not going to hold you. When she said that to me, I was like, so this is what I'm doing. I'm closing my door from now on. I'm not talking to her. I'm not doing it. And I had all these things in place that would have moved me from her, which is, you know, wisdom, but it's secular. Because the Bible said, no, no, no. I want you to be in this woman's face, not extracurricular. Mm-mm. We we, mm-mm. we don't we don't perform because I'm not fake and I'm not going to do that. You're not going to poison my authenticity. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not going to let myself do that. And that's just how we're not going to do okay, great. So what you're going to do is you are going to remain steadfast. You are going to continue to operate in excellence the way that God had you do. 
I don't care if she gets the whole Voltron and have everybody transform around you. You will be consistent. You will continue to do what you've been doing. You will go ahead and have whatever meetings, because I said I wanted to go ahead and have a meeting every Tuesday because I felt like the department was in disarray. And I felt like that's the, that was the most effective and efficient way for us to all be updated. I initially said, I'm closing that down. God was like, no, you're not. You're going to be in there. You're going to be attentive and you're going to do what needs to be done. You're going to keep it to 138 characters. I'm not asking you to be fake. I'm asking you not to change your posture for someone who's poisonous. I said, okay. Okay. Yeah, you can walk in to a job that I have you in momentarily the way that I walked with Judas for three years momentarily. I was like, oh, you going to do that? He was like, mm-hmm. Because for some reason, you, the enemy likes to make people feel like you're the only one that's been uncomfortable. I couldn't imagine having Judas around me, and I knew what he was going to do in three years. I wouldn't have had you with me the first three seconds, sir. But Judas, he's the one that initiated Calvary, right? It's almost like thank God for Judas on the low, right? It's almost like thank God for that particular boss because you will appreciate when you get a better one. And as a matter of fact, when you become a boss, hopefully you won't perform that way because you knew what it felt like when you were in that seat receiving that performance, right? Dare dare we say? Dare we say thank God for Judas? Mm. But where's Judas now? Hmm? Oh, sorry. Yeah. And then by the time that Judas went ahead and tried to clean it up, read your Bible. Um, by the time that he went ahead and tried to clean it up, it was too late. So the only time, the one time that I read that Judas wanted to go ahead and, and just be correct and was like, listen, I'm going to give you back the 30 pieces of silver. It wasn't worth it. I don't want to do this. And it was like, no, bro, that's on you. The Bible says that he ran away and he, and he hung himself. The one time that he decided let me live a truthful, decent life. It was too late. So <laughs> when my Bible says that God will take revenge and he will pay them back, let's not forget that we still have something that we're supposed to be doing. And Romans 12 ends in verse 21 saying, don't let evil conquer you, because, but conquer evil by doing good. I know that it is difficult. You're like, I don't bite my tongue for no one. I, I don't I don't I don't want to even be around that person. No, God is not saying not to put boundaries up. God is not saying to go ahead and interrupt your peace. Remember what we just read in eighteen? Romans 12, 18, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. That means you still have to be in peace as you're living in peace with everyone. So if it disrupts your peace where you like, I am not buying her lunch, then don't do that. But you can say good morning. You can say have a nice day. You can say be careful in the rain. You can say, you understand? Like, just still be decent. You don't have to be phony. It's two different things. Yeah, we don't have to fake it for the gram. We don't have to if that's not peaceful in our spirits. You understand? So my challenge to you is, can you change your perspective? on Judas and actually dare say thank God for Judas because not only is Judas sharpening the very things that God wants to perfect in you but Judas just actually may be your ticket to the next promotion in your life perhaps you don't know right 
So let's stop looking at Judas like he has so much power. The only thing that Judas can do is make you uncomfortable if you allow. Because what I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to praise to, Jude, uh, to Jesus on is that he didn't let Judas make him uncomfortable. It wasn't like, bro, I cannot eat with Buddy right here. You're going to have to move him. I can teach, but you got to move him somewhere. I'll go ahead and heal, but not with him near me. None of that. I'm going to still be me. I'm still operating excellence. I'm still do what God called me to do. I'm still make sure that I'm perfecting my assignment, whether you're here or not. But you do not in, infect my performance. I'm not going to allow you to do that. So I learned a great deal, and I hope that you did too, on just tracking on how Jesus dealt with Judas. And dare I say, thank God for the HR manager. I don't know how God's going to use it. And I'm not even staying tuned and keeping my ear to the streets to try to figure it out. But I tell you what, after this conversation, Scouts Honor, Real Talk, I feel so much better. Because I didn't have that insight prior prior to this conversation. It was very, I cut off and I get out. <laughs> have a nice day. I have nothing to say to her and I'm getting ready to get out of this job. Have a nice day. But it's like, you know what, for the first time ever, stay. Yeah, let's just see what God does. Because only one or two things can happen. She do something stupid and get you fired, and then God has to deal with her and that. Or she does something stupid and you get promoted, and then God will just deal with her and that. Or you outstay there and she happens to shoot her own self in the foot the way that Judas did. And now she, all this venom that she's spreading throughout the company gets her out. However it goes, won't you just watch God do his great work? <laughs> As you do your great work. That's my challenge to you. Change your perspective. Thank God for Judas. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit, on that. But I feel like you got what you need, and I ain't going to hold you. Yeah, you know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's having with you, and that's why you got your home, girl. But listen, I'm going to let you let me go. Um, I got to go ahead and finish cooking the rest of these collard greens because I've been in my collard greens spinning. That's just how I'm getting down. But listen, we had a good one, didn't we? We sure did. All right. I'll talk to you later. Later.